Well, I just have to say it's so good to see a sanctuary that's filling up. Uh, it's just been a long couple of years, hasn't it? Uh, and it's good just to be together and to worship together. So uh, I see many of you who I don't know. If you could come up and introduce yourself today. I've been serving here 14 months. I think I know about 25% of the congregation. So please come up and introduce yourself to me today if, if we haven't met yet. I'd love to meet you. We are in the middle of um, stewardship, our stewardship campaign for uh, this year, and so I'm going to be preaching about giving today, but I want to say thank you to Virginia. Um, You did a great job today, wonderful job, as did uh, Margaret last week, uh, just reminding us of why we give, and that's really my sermon today is why I give. I'm not sure if there's going to be anything new in here today, but maybe bring it all together and kind of share my journey with you, the journey that I've had with money and giving uh, and how I've grown in that, um, the ups and downs of it. Um, But I I pray that it would speak to your heart um, and uh, that it might give you some new things to think about. But it'll be kind of a different sermon today, more like kind of a, a sharing of my life with you. The scripture that we're looking at today is this wonderful scripture of um, Paul, actually, the Apostle Paul is actually uh, conducting a stewardship campaign. It goes way back, folks. <laughs> and he is the, the mother church in Jerusalem is having a difficult time. It's experiencing a terrible famine. And so he is taking a collection among a lot of the churches that he has planted around the the Mediterranean. One of them is this church in Macedonia, which is a poor church. And they're giving a lot. This poor church is giving uh, more than they really can give. And so he's writing this letter to the Corinthian church, which is kind of a wild church. Uh, You can tell the two long letters in the New Testament to this church in Corinth because there were so many problems. (laughs) Um, And they're a wealthier church. So Paul is writing to them and saying, you know, look at what this poor church, who doesn't have very much, is giving. And this is one of the verses that I'll point out. He's saying, you know, look at there. You guys can do better. Let's, uh, Let's pony up a little bit, folks, for the mother church in Jerusalem. So here it is. But since you excel in everything, so he's complimenting them in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled for you, in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Now, remember when we talked about grace, grace is really, it can be translated gift. In this gift of giving, Paul is saying, it's a gift to give, folks. Grow in this gift. Enjoy it. I am not commanding you, as I won't command you either. But I want, and this is a great line, I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others with this church in Macedonia. And here's the key verse. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, That though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. So that you, through his poverty, might become rich. 
God, we pray that um, you would speak to us this morning, that our hearts would be open, our minds would be open to your Holy Spirit and what you want to communicate to us today. And Lord, may it just not be information, but may you prompt us to action. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So I want to speak kind of heart to heart today, to be honest with you, about kind of my relationship with money and giving. You know, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, as most of you know. Um, my parents divorced when I was really young. I, my parents didn't give money to anything, as far as I know. Certainly not the church, because they didn't belong to a church. And so my journey has been maybe different from from some of yours, I had to learn about the importance of giving. You know, I um, didn't have the benefit, and I really am sincere in this, I didn't have the benefit of parents who gave and who taught us, my brother and my sister and I, how to give and really how to manage money. Nothing, nothing, nothing about that in our family. But as many of you know, I became a Christian in junior high school, and for me, it definitely was becoming a Christian. I was not a Christian. I didn't know anything about God. And then, you know, through God's grace, I went to this church in Pasadena, and I I listened to the sermons. Fortunately, amazing preacher, amazing church, amazing youth group. It was just amazing. (laughs) And I decided that I would you know, trust my life to Christ. I, I really didn't know what I was doing. I remember uh, our youth pastor saying, this, this will be the biggest decision of your life. And I thought, come on, I'm, I'm 13 years old. <laughs> but it, it was, obviously. <laughs> Changed the direction of my life. But you know what's interesting? As great as that church was, and I definitely went... Every Sunday, pretty much, junior high and high school, I never remember a sermon about money. I mean, they were raising money, obviously. It was a huge church. They had a huge budget. But I don't really remember being taught about giving, at least not a theology of, of giving. You know, they were raising money for sure, but I don't really remember a lot. And not through college as I attended church, and even in seminary. Scott, did you learn anything about giving in seminary? Only guilt. Yeah, only guilt. Yeah, I, you know, here I've, I've, you know, I've probably been involved in raising 60, 70 million dollars in my life, in my ministry, at least, I think. Never taught anything about personal giving, personal responsibility, or uh, how to raise money in a church. Isn't that interesting? So I didn't really learn it. And I, I really didn't know how to give. I mean, I'd go to church and I, I hoped that I had some money in my pockets or in my wallet, which would not be a good strategy today because I never have any money in my pockets or my wallet. So I just kind of gave haphazardly, no, no discipline of giving. Um, it really wasn't until I became a pastor And I was serving my first church in Burlingame, and Leslie and I were really just starting out our lives. And the thing about seminary, you know, seminary is three years, 
you get out, and it's not like you all of a sudden get a job where you're making a lot of money. <laughs> like other degrees, where if you go three years, you're probably going to get a pretty good job. I had a great job, but it didn't pay very much. We had our first kid uh, shortly after arriving in Burlingame, so Leslie was not working for a while. Uh, she was working, but uh, she wasn't getting paid for it. A lot of work. And so we, were, we didn't have a lot of money. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of easy to justify not giving when you're a pastor, believe it or not. Here's, here's how we do it. God, I give you my whole life. I could be making a lot more money after three years of grad school doing something else. So I'm, I'm really sacrificing here, God. So, you know, I'll give, but I'm not going to give sacrificially. And it, we, we started giving. But it, it was at a low level, partly because we didn't have any money. We were pretty poor. Not poor, but we just didn't. We weren't making a whole lot. We had one car, old beat-up Jeep. Just had a kid who was born. My wife was out of work for a while. And we, not surprisingly, we fell into some debt. First time in my life. Not a fun place to be. And see, this is why I think teaching about money is, is so good for the church. So what you do with your money is so important, but also it can, if you get in debt, wow, what a horrible thing. So, interestingly enough, as I'm trying to get into, you know, kind of some financial discipline in our family life and in my life, and I started reading some, some books about giving. Didn't hear it from the church. You know, it's so interesting. We always say, all the money talks about is church. I didn't hear about it very much in the church. But I started reading some books. And interestingly enough, I was reading a book about spiritual disciplines. You know, a spiritual discipline, in fact, if we hadn't had to have our stewardship campaign in, uh, during Lent, we would have had a series on spiritual disciplines during Lent. And we'll do that someday. But a spiritual discipline is something that we do in our Christian life to open ourselves up to the grace of God. To experience God's love at a deeper level. His grace. It's, it's often described as kind of opening up the sails of our life to catch the wind of God. Of the Holy Spirit. And God working in our lives. So things like prayer. You know, opening ourselves up to God. Worship. Fellowship. Fasting. There's a, a number of different spiritual disciplines, and I was reading this book on spiritual disciplines to teach a class, and I, I come to giving. Giving is a spiritual discipline. It's a way of opening ourselves up to the grace of God. I, I, wow, okay. And they talked about giving. Uh, you know, two things I learned that were really important, and I think are foundational to our giving. One is percentage, and one is priority. It seems to me like God makes it pretty clear that 10% is a good, kind of a good rule. I'm not commanding it, as Paul says. I wouldn't make it a law. It's definitely in the Old Testament. I think in the New Testament, it may be more than 10%. I think, and we'll talk about this at some point, but that could be the beginning point for many of us. And sometimes we think 10%, wow, that's a lot. Well, let me put it to you this way. 
as I said at the very beginning of this series, way back in the fall when we talked about grace, I said, everything we have in life is a gift from God. And that's one of my basic beliefs. It's all grace. So for God to ask us to give 10% of everything he's given us, it's a pretty good deal. I mean, if somebody came up to you and said, I want to give you a million dollars, but here's the deal. You got to give me back 10%. I'd take that deal. How about you? Pretty good deal. And I believe that God has given me everything. So 10%, percentage giving, I give back to God and God's work in the world. The other thing is priority. Make it the first check. You write if you write checks. So the important thing here is let your standard of giving determine your standard of living. Wow, that's a different way to look at it, isn't it? Just like when we put money away for savings. Here's money for savings. I'm not going to touch that. Now I'm going to live on the rest. I think here's my money that I'm going to give to God. I'm going to live on the rest. Not easy to do. But that's what I think God tells us about giving for a number of reasons. And what we often do is we, we kind of give God leftovers. Kind of tip God. We spend all we need, and then there's some money left over, and, and we, we give out of that. I think what God says is make it a priority because God wants our hearts more than he wants our money, right? Just like I said last week, and I'm glad you're thinking of that little heart and that dollar bill. Keep that image in your mind. So we decided that we were going to give. Here we are in the middle of paying off debt. wasn't easy. We said 10% is a good goal, but, you know, we can't get there right away. So we said, I can't remember, 5 or 6%, and we'll try to increase every year by another 1% until we get to 10%. took some discipline, but here's what happened. You know, I saw when we started being disciplined in our giving, our whole finances started to be more disciplined. Um, and it wasn't easy, but here's what's so interesting. As we started giving at this higher level, uh, interesting how God provided. Pretty much the year that we took that leap of faith, Leslie got a new job that upped our income significantly. And the year after that, I got a raise, good raise at the church I was serving. So we had some margin. Now, am I preaching the prosperity gospel here? You know what the prosperity gospel is. Just turn on the TV and watch some evangelists. You give and God's going to give so much more back to you. God's not a slot machine. I don't believe that. But God does promise that if we give, God's going to bless us. And I believe that. I mean, I have a number of letters in my files from people over the years who have taken steps of faith in their giving and they testify in miraculous ways sometimes, totally unexpected ways, how God provides, and I believe it. I'm not going to make that connection. 
but God does it. There's no doubt in my mind. God will bless you spiritually, some way, when you give sacrificially. So we made that decision. We've tried to tie their ear. I got, I got to admit, some years we make it, some years we don't. When we had two kids in college, you know, we never really had money to save for college. Those were tough. That's a big expense. I felt like I got a huge raise when my kids graduated from college. <laughs> it takes discipline. My hope is that we always get to that point. My hope is that we can get beyond that. Scott and I were talking earlier about, I was telling the story that, you know, I, I had a, a man once in our, our church give $5 million to retired debt in our church. And Scott said, man, wouldn't it be fun to have money to do that? I said, that would be so fun. You know, here I was trying to, I had a meeting with him. I was trying to talk about this whole sanctuary remodel we were doing and, you know, showed him pictures and all that. And he said, Steve, I'll give to that. That's not, he said, I want to help us become a debt-free church. And I want to give $5 million. And I said, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> but wouldn't that be fun? Remember, uh, I have a friend who, who, has done really well, and he has listened. You know, he was at the church in Burlingame, and I left, and he kept listening to my sermons when I really started preaching about stewardship. And he wrote me an email, and he said, Steve, i got to tell you, I mean, he, this guy's done really well. He said, Steve, i got to thank you for your sermons. One of the things I talk about is having a stewardship portfolio, and he is an investment, so he knows what that is. He goes, i got to tell you, I'm having so much fun giving money away. And I, have, I did what you told me. I, I researched these different organizations that I can give to, and I give to the church, and he goes, I, I have a portfolio. And you're right, where your treasure is, your heart goes also, he said. But I'm having a blast. Thank you for challenging me. So, why do I give? First reason I give is because God has made it so clear that giving is at the heart of the Christian life. I mean, how can you argue with that? It's what we're about. Dr. James McCord, who was at the the time the pastor emeritus of Princeton Seminary, uh, once told a story of a man who came to him, and and he complained. He said, you know, I'm leaving this church. All they talk about is give, 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 give. He goes, I can't take it anymore. It's just give, give, give. And Dr. McCord replied, he said, you know what? I really can't think of a better definition of the Christian life than give, give, give. <laughs> and it's true, isn't it? You know, I've, the last couple of weeks, we've kind of mentioned, we've kind of done some word studies and how many times something is, is, uh, appears in the Bible, a word, and it, it kind of reflects what really is, is important to God? Well, let me give you one more. This will be the last time I do it. Believe. Believer, believing. Important, right? Mentioned 272 times, some form of that. Prayer. Oh, prayer is an important topic, right? Prayer, prayer, pray, praying, 371 times. 
Love. That's the heart of our faith, right? Love. Had lunch with somebody this week, and he said, you know, basically about love. I would agree with that. 714 times. All critical parts of our faith, all very important. Give. Giver. Giving. 2,162 times. That's three times more often than love. Jesus was always talking about giving. You know, if you want to find life, Jesus said, what? Give your life away. Give your life away. If you really want an abundant, rich life, give your life away. Invest or give to eternal things, not things that perish here on earth. It is better to what? You know that one. Than to receive. It's all over. It's kind of the heart of who we are. So I give because it's very clear that God has commanded us to give and it's the heart of our Christian faith. Second reason, it's good for me. I'm a better person. And I think we would all agree with this. We're better when we're generous, aren't we? We often think, you know, and I talked about it last week, why is money giving so important to God? Why is, does God need our money? I don't think so, folks. The United States government collects billions of dollars every year in taxes. I think if God wanted to, he could collect our money, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, if God is the God that we confess every week and worship, God doesn't need our money, so why is it important? I, I thought about this a lot. I think God wants us to give because it's good for us. Like so many of the commandments. You look at all the commandments. It's always about for our good. And we, it is so good to give in so many ways, you know. It develops our trust in God. Which is kind of the essence of the faith is we're trusting God with our lives. Well, we take something that's very important to us, maybe the most important thing or can be tempting to be the most important thing, and we give it to God, it helps us to trust God, especially when we give at a sacrificial level, at a level that stretches us a little bit in our faith, which I think giving should be. It keeps, as Don talked about, the more monster. <laughs> you know, this, this thing in our life that it, we're just told in so many ways to want more and more and more and more and more. Well, giving helps to keep that monster at bay in my life. Giving reminds me of who's first in my life. Giving reminds me of the sacrifice that God has made for me. And like I said earlier, giving uh, grows my heart. Another reason that I give is uh, it just brings joy. And this ties in with this, but, oh, it's just, it's joy. It gives us joy to give. It makes us better, better people. Um, I, my prayer for us as a church, that we would, if it isn't already present, you know, I, I'm not sure yet, I, I pray that we would develop this culture of generosity and that it would be a source of joy for us as a church that we wouldn't get uptight when we talk about money, but it, it would be joy. Because God, what? Loves a joyful giver. We don't give out of compulsion or out of guilt. 
We give out of joy. And I pray that we would begin to experience that if we haven't already as a church. You know, I was preaching once at my church in Chico, and I was preaching on tithing, and I was preaching actually about what I just talked about, that often we give God leftovers, and it wasn't in my sermon. It was an inspiration from the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And I said, you know, I did that. I don't do that very often. I, I, I pray that just once before I retire, and I was young back then. This is still a ways off. I just pray that someday God would call up the church office and say, Steve, I want to give the church a brand new couch. You know why I say that? Because I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone call up and say, you know, we have this ratty old couch. They don't say that. But that's what it is. We've had this couch in our family room for years and years and years. You know, our kids have barfed on it. You know, we, we've eaten popcorn, popcorn, you know, pizza, all the rest. We want to get a new couch for our, our home. And we thought, you know, we'd give the old couch to the, the youth room. Or somewhere else in the church. Would you like that? And I feel like saying, no, I don't want your ratty old couch. I hope I'm not offending somebody who's given a ratty old couch to the church. I said, just once before I retire, I don't want to give God our leftovers. I hope somebody says, I want to buy the couch a brand, or the church a brand new couch. You know what happened? The next day, a guy came into my office. He said, Steve, I want to buy the church a brand new couch. <laughs> there was a perfect spot. We had just... Uh, built some additions in the church and we had an elevator we had no handicap access so we had this thing called the transportation tower and there was a perfect place for a big old couch where people could sit and have a study or whatever I said oh we laughed it was joy he gave out a joy it was good he wanted to he wanted to see me laugh we laughed he bought that couch we had lunch up there one day. So I thought, wow, that was pretty easy. (laughs) What else does the church need? (laughs) So the next week, I got up there and I said, you know, just once, just once before I retire, I hope somebody calls up and says, Steve, I want to buy the church a brand new van. Because what do they do? Steve, we have this van you know, this Chrysler minivan, it has 250,000 miles on it. <laughs> you know, kids have eaten French fries. There's a bunch of French, old, stale French fries in between the seats. There's stains, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's ready to retire. We thought maybe the church might like it. <laughs> Don't give me the leftover van. So I said, just once. And my, my youth pastor had been bugging me to buy a bus. So it's just once before I retire. I wish somebody would call up and say, Steve, I want to buy the church a brand new bus. I thought, let's see what happens. <laughs> Next morning, Steve, I want to buy the church a bus. I grew up in a little town in Oklahoma. Went to a church, my fondest memories. Or sitting in a bus, church bus, going 
going to camp, going wherever we were going to expand our horizons. I want our kids to experience the same thing. Bought a bus. A little more expensive than the couch. But he gave it because of what Christ had done in his life, right? Joy. So I thought, wow, that was really easy. <laughs> no. I, 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 I have some boundaries. I stopped there. <laughs> but you see, it's, it's joy. It's not under compulsion. It's not out of guilt. It's joy. I know I experience joy. I'd, I'd encourage you to keep a little margin in, in your giving so that when things come up, you can just give to them because it brings you joy. I give because I love the church. I, I can't tell you where I'd be in my life without the church. I'm grateful for it. That's why I do what I do. There's nothing else like it. And I know it's maligned, and I know, you know, it's going through a hard time and all the rest, but I'll tell you this. When the church is being the church and living out the vision, the true vision that God has for the church, there's nothing better. Can I have an amen from that? Amen. Yeah, where people come and they're loved and they can heal and be accepted And grow in, in the grace of God and be connected with God and have hope for their lives. And, and when a church can really be outward looking and make a difference collectively, like I, I think of what we did at Christmas with that, that donation to the church in, in East Oakland. I thought, wow, that's so great to be part of something like that. And to do something I could never give on my own, but as a body, we give to this church to feed people who are hungry. And we have ministries for, for youth and for children that make a difference in their lives and teach them about being compassionate and about loving others and giving. Where else are they getting that today? I tell you, when I had kids, I thought that my kids were growing up. I thought, greatest investment for me is to give so that my kids can get a Christian foundation. For me, it was more important than them going to some great college. Because it's going to serve them well throughout their whole life. When the storms hit, and the storms hit, that's what's going to carry them through. So I would, I, wow, this is a great investment. I believe the same for our church. I mean, one of the things I've appreciated about these two stewardship talks these last two weeks by people in our church, they talk about how the, the difference that the church has made in their life. And, and Margaret gave great memories of growing up as a kid, warm memories of, of all the things that they did as a church. And I think of us sending these, these kids to Mexico what better thing can we do with our money for our, for our society? Where are, the, where are kids going to get these things today? 
And as I think about giving, I want to give to this church. Because I believe in its vision. I believe it's so important. You know, this week a video will come out on Tuesday about the eight goals that we have as a church. I want to share those with you. So in the messenger, be sure to look at that. You know, we have a couple. They're in priority, but they're according to priority. One's just to get financially straightened out after this pandemic. One is to regather. But the third one, I think, is, is reimagine, revision, reinvigorate, build our ministries to, to youth and children. And, and I don't do this just so, you know, we can get more young families in our church. I do it because I believe in those ministries. They're the, they're the most important ministries in this church. And so I want to give to build them up. And I'll tell you, as we begin this new chapter in our church, I told you last week, it's like a startup. we got to start anew, like we're a church plant. Every church in America has to do this. Here's what I'll tell you about church plants. They're expensive. I have a friend who, who has spearheaded two church plants, and he said, Steve, they're expensive. And I'll, I won't apologize it's expensive. And we're gonna, I'm going to ask you to give and give sacrificially. Give from your hearts. Let's, let's rebuild this church. The future of this church. I hope you see that as a great investment. I do. Last reason. I give because I have been given so much. And would you agree with that? I look back on my life and I'm so blessed. I mean, every, I, I talked to a friend this week. I hadn't talked to for a while. Somebody asked him to do a wedding, so uh, officiate. So we were talking about how to do that. I hadn't talked to him for a long time. I said, so how are you? He goes, oh, Steve, we're just so blessed. I think all of us could say that, don't you think? I mean, when we compare ourselves on a worldly standard, we're all in the probably top half percent of one percent of the world in wealth. I've had educational opportunities. Wow, how many people get to go to college? But more than that, it's like what Paul is saying to the Corinthians. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. I'm grateful for the things that God has given me. I'm grateful for being rich in the things of God. To know God, to know that I'm loved, no matter what. To be in a church, body of believers that are encouraging each other and trying to make a difference in this world. On top of all the other things, the material things, the education opportunities, all that God has given me, and he's given me everything. This is what I'm most grateful for. God has given us so much. And he's asking us to give back. So my hope this week 
is that you won't just give what you've given in the, the past, but that you really take a look and see if you can stretch, because we're going to have to stretch to get us back on track. But more importantly, I pray that you'll look at what you're giving and give because God has given you so much. God, I pray that as we as a church come to this, the end of the stewardship campaign, I, I pray that, God, you would help us all to spend some time this week and to examine our giving and, and what we give. And, um, and I pray that we could step out in faith and in trust and maybe give at a level that we've never given before as a way of saying thank you and as a way of saying we love you in this church. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.